Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Put this on the air because I don't want to give. I'm not. I'm not interested in trying to get into a thing of getting people to boycott anything. That's not my job. But Delta Airlines, uh, we because I fly it so often. Uh, I'm a. I'm a lounge member. When you go into the lounge now. They actually have guards walking around, and. Um, Tell them they have a loudspeaker coming on. To feel, almost feels like a concentration camp. Loudspeaker comes on. Please put your mask on between bites of food and sips of drink. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. So, and they got people walking around, you know, actually accosting people. Uh, you just took a bite of food. You got to pull your mask back up. What? And you can see the looks on people's faces like, What? But see, somewhere in that airline, somebody's been scared half to, to, to death, frankly, and I don't use that term much, but literally scared half to death. Tell them to put their mask on between bites of food and between sips of drink. Like, you know, and don't you love this? So the, the virus knows to stay put while you're sipping the drink. But, but after you finish sipping or taking a bite of food, the virus says, ah, now's my chance. I mean, come on. This stuff has just gotten ridiculous. And I have to say this. So I was in the lounge yesterday because I was out in Colorado this past week. And so I was in the lounge yesterday. And uh, there's a lounge in Atlanta that I usually frequent. I mean, that's where, where the place where I go to. It's, 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 the, it's the largest, just more space to, to find a comfortable spot. And um, one of the guards who I've seen walking around, that seems to be his job, just walking around, looking at people. You know, I heard him having a conversation with some of the people at the desk. And I heard this man say to one of the women, girl, and I thought, hmm, okay. I think I see what the spirit of this is. I mean, come on, folks. You know, our, our, our country, see, this is part of the problem. Our country, and you men, you'll understand what I'm saying. You ladies, you forgive me if you don't, but you think about it, you'll get it. Our country is being feminized. Is being feminized. We want men with limp wrists and weak constitutions. And I mean, I'll say we, not we, but but the, that's where the country's going. That's where they're trying. You all heard that that you know the Biden administration is doing a big thing now. They want to try to they want to try to build the planes and the cockpits of airplanes so that they can have women as fighter pilots while they're pregnant. And I said, Tucker Carlson made some kind of comment about how crazy that is. And oh, my goodness gracious, it, 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 you would have thought, oh, wow, they just went. What in the world do we need a pregnant woman in a plight in a in a cockpit of a fighter plane? Exactly. What? But if you don't go along with that, oh, my goodness, you're a misogynist. You're 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 you don't like women. No, it's because we do like women that <laughs> we don't think we, a pregnant woman should be in the cockpit of a fighter plane. I, you know, I really believe the world is laughing at us. I'm serious. I believe the world is laughing at us. Those crazy Americans, they just, they, they just they do anything these days to try, to try to show that they're woke. Somebody needs to slap some folks who are woke awake. All right, let me quit. <laughs> because uh, I, 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 got, I've got, I don't want to preach my sermon before I get there. Praise God. <laughs> And by the way, let me just make clear, 
I, I, I believe that women should be permitted to do anything that they are capable of doing, period, exclamation point. But the denial that women and men are physiologically different or are wired by God differently is insanity to me. It's just insanity. And you know, one of the arguments used to be of not having women in combat is that men are wired to protect women. And that the, the concern would be that men, instead of trying to carry out the mission, would be trying to make sure that a woman did not get hurt. But now you've got this new ideology going on that says, well, there's no difference between men and women. And you know, when the feminist movement came on, I remember, and they, I don't think many women would do this, but they were encouraging women to tell men not to open the door for you. I don't need a man to open the door for me. I can open the door for myself. But men taught to be a gentleman and taught to, you know, as the Bible says, that we are supposed to treat women as the weaker vessel. We know what that means. It doesn't mean women are weak and men are strong. It means that men are strong in some areas and women are strong in other areas and women are weak in some areas and men can be weak in some areas. But in terms of physicality, men, generally speaking, are made by God to be larger, more muscular, uh, we have a different set of hormones running through our bodies that produces a different attitude about things. Amen. Come on, say amen. It's the truth. And, and, and we're now living in a society where no, 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 no. All, all that Bishop Jackson, all that, you, you, that stuff just made up in your head. No, it's what God, it's the way God made us. And, and the recognition of that, the, the way I dealt with my daughters was entirely different than the way I dealt with my son. And, and even to this day, I mean, I'm more protective of my girls than I am of my son, because I look at my son and say, yeah, he can, he can handle himself. I mean, I don't feel like I gotta run if somebody bothers my son. I, in fact, I might have to run to help them if somebody, they bother my son. But it's, it's simply it's simply the way it is. And we, you know, oh, well, look, I, I here again, I, I, th I think I've said enough. Is there anything? <laughs> uh, my wife reminded me that everyone should be reminded that pending before the House right now are H.R. 1 and H.R. 5, both of which are an abomination to God. OK, H.R. 1 is about enshrining in our electoral system. All the crazy stuff, and just go ahead and start at 1150, it's okay. Um, all the crazy stuff that happened in the last election. And when I say all the crazy stuff, I mean, for example, state legislators set the standards for elections. And because of COVID, a lot of state agencies and local electoral boards changed the rules midstream and did things that they were not permitted statutorily to do. And then the courts because of all the politics involved and a lot of hatred for Donald Trump, refused to hear many of these cases about these electoral irregularities. And now they want to take those irregularities like universal mail-in ballots, no ID at the, you can't rent a car, you can't go to a hotel. Look, you can't even, I can't even deposit cash in the bank without showing an ID. I mean, I got George Washington's and Abraham Lincoln's, but they won't take them. We got to see your ID. But you don't need an ID to vote. 
and, and don't let me get started on this racial stuff on the ID because, you know, I say minority people ought to be offended by that. The idea that everybody can get an ID, but if you're black, you just can't manage it. And it's just not fair. I mean, that, that is so condescending and stupid that people ought to be offended by that idea. Uh, and yet they sell it. They sell it. Oh, no, so we can't have voter ID. Uh, and so they want to enshrine all that stuff in H.R. 1. H.R. 5 is, is the Equality Act. And don't you love the name, the Equality Act? Because what they really want, intend to do is take homosexuality, transgenderism, and all, all these other categories that they've now created. You know, they got binary people who claim that they're neither male nor female. I don't know what, what's in between, but they're neither. And, 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 and that now is going to have to be recognized uh, in, by federal law, will be recognized as a protected class and that you may not discriminate against. And a lot of churches are stupidly going along with this because they don't realize this stuff is going to hurt the church. Because here's what they're going to do. They're going to carve out an exception for worship. But that's all. What they're going to say is, but your bookstore is not worship. Your school's not worship. That, uh, that other activity you're doing, that's not worship. You can't say you, you, you don't want to hire a transgender person for that because what's the difference? And before you know it, churches are going to find themselves in a situation. Oh, wait a minute. You rent out your sanctuary for weddings? Well, you can't say you're not going to rent it out then for a, a, a same-sex wedding. They're going to carve out such a very, very narrow exception for churches that churches are going to have a difficult time uh, doing their business. And I've said this, I've said, said this for a long time. And here's what HR5 has the potential to do. To say to a minister, you may not sign a wedding license for a couple if you won't do it for a homosexual couple. If you won't do it for a homosexual couple, you are discriminating and therefore you may not sign it for anybody. That's H.R. 5. So make sure you tell your congressman, your senator, do not vote for H.R. 1. Do not vote for H.R. 5. I won't take any more time to talk about it. You can look this up uh, and get the details for yourself. But these are things we simply do not want to have as the law of the land in our country. Amen. Amen. And even more importantly than what it says and does against the church is what it says and does against almighty God. I mean, because this this stuff, as I said, this is the, the shaking your fists in God's face and saying, we don't care what your Bible says and we don't care what these preachers say and we don't care what you say. We're going to do what we want to do. Very dangerous place to be. Amen. Very dangerous place to be. But yet. That's where some want to take our culture. Uh, so I won't go any further than that because I'm going to preach about a little bit of this in, in the upcoming message here. So let me get into that. I'll tell you what we'll do because we're already live streaming, correct? We're live streaming. Praise God. So we want to welcome our live stream audience. Let's give them a hand. So if you all would stand by, we're going to, um, oh, do we have any children to, to dismiss today? We got two. Well, let's bring the two up. Amen. Praise God. Two's good. 
Is that Christian? All right, Christian. In keeping with his name. Amen. He looks like he's a little tired. Stretch your hands toward them. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless these children. And Lord God, may they grow up to be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that you may be glorified in them. And Father God, we ask your protection on them because there is a concerted effort today to co-opt our children, to separate them from, particularly from their godly parents and values, and to instill in them a different set of values. And Lord, we come against that in the name of Jesus. And may these children grow up to be strong and straight and Lord God, you said that the children of the righteous will be mighty in the earth and may they be mighty in the earth for you, O oh God. May the teachers help them and confirm in them what their parents, their godly parents are trying to teach them. And Father God, may the, the, the school, the church school, the church uh, youth service, uh, uh, the Maximum Potential Christian Academy, Lord God, help our children to be everything that you ordained them to be before the foundation of the world. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. All right, Christian, when you wake up, enjoy, enjoy uh, church youth service and we'll see you afterwards and, and uh, I'm sure they'll have something to tell me that they've learned, amen? Amen, amen. We're gonna take up the offering after uh, I finish the message, I want to welcome our live stream audience. God bless each and every one of you. We trust that the word of God will speak to your hearts and that you will be changed by God's word. And uh, we'd love to have you connect with us. We know there are people from around the country who watch. And if you're right now in those, one of those situations where your church is closed or where you're not connected to any church, you can go online and connect with us. We have something we call extension membership and you can become a part of our ministry and we will minister to you uh, as best you can or to the extent that you, you need or want our help. We'll try to be there for you and to give it to you. Uh, Saints, you all pray for me because as I've said, I get letters from people in prison a lot. Every single week I go to the post office, I've got several letters from people in prison who are watching this program, who are listening to me on the radio. And we want our prisoners out there to know we love you, God loves you, and your life does not have to be meaningless because you happen to be in prison. Even if you're there, God forbid, but even if you're there for the rest of your life, you can have a meaningful life in prison by determining to serve God right where you are. And who knows what miracle God will do in your life when you dedicate your life to him. But, but we want you to know we love you. Amen? Amen. We are, we, we, are, we are Christians. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. The motivation that we have is not hatred, but love. It's love. But you know, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Because if, 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 if Jesus said the truth makes you free, then guess what lies do? They put you in and keep you in bondage. Amen? So therefore, we can't mince words. And people say, you know, you're, you're so bold. And you're, you, I say, but look, here's, well, first of all, this is the way I think just God just wired me like this. And, and so I am what God made me to be. But here's the other thing. You can't play games when people are absolutely uncompromisingly vicious in distorting the truth and making anybody who tells the truth feel like they should apologize for it. So, so to me, you've got to be bold. You've got to give people 
who maybe are cowed into a corner a reason to say, you know what, I don't have to back down. I don't have to back down. I, I, can, I can stand up for what is right. Um, this past weekend, uh, I was in Colorado uh, at Andrew Womack Ministries for his men's conference, uh, and I had an opportunity to meet and spend some time with uh, Coach Tony Dungy and, uh, and J.B. Brown, who is a, um, as you all know, a sports commentator, both Christian men, both who love the Lord. And I was complimenting uh, Coach Dungy on the fact that when this guy, Raphael Warnock, was running for Senate and somebody asked him, asked Coach Dungy about Raphael Warnock, about being, quote unquote, a pro-choice pastor. And, and, and Coach Tony Dungy, to his credit, said, well, he might be a pastor, but I don't see how he can be a Christian. Amen. I praise God. See, we need, we need Christians to stand up and speak up and not, not because, it, look, if you don't do that, they're going to run over us and they're going to they're going to take over the culture and Christians will be on the sideline, marginalized, apologizing for still believing in God because they're going to be telling you, oh, you're one of those idiots who still believe that stuff. Well, we should be standing up without apology, uh, speaking forth what thus saith the Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Praise the Lord. Let's get into the word of God, shall we? Now, look, I, I preach this message uh, in Orlando. It's a little bit different here because, of course, my role here is different than, than it is when I go visit places. But I had people come up to me and say, do you have that on tape? Do you have that? And I said, well, actually, no, I don't because we weren't able to record it there. And Lord laid in my heart to preach this message for you all. In fact, it's going to now become a two-part series. I'm going to preach the first part of it. And then we're going to come back to the fruit of discipleship. So we'll take a little break from that and let you all marinate in the fruit of discipleship and see, see where God leads me from there. But I'm not done with that series by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I wanted to come to this. I really felt the Lord laid on my heart that this is something I need to get recorded that needs to be available for people. And we are going to make it uh, one of the things we're going to offer when we get our TV program started, which, by the way, our TV program is scheduled to start sometime next month. We don't have an exact date yet. Uh, we've got everything here that we need, but we've also got to build a studio in my house so that we can do some, some other recording work that we won't be able to do here. We're going to take some of the equipment I've now got and put it over here at the church so we can do some of our announcements and other things. We're going to, we're going to keep enhancing our video ministry. Amen. So, so pray for us. If you want to contribute to that and you get the offering envelope, feel free to do that because this is costing us quite a bit to do it. But the Lord laid this on my heart a long time ago. and We're just going to keep working at it and believe in God for it. Uh, but by this time next month, I think we should be on three or four uh, national networks where people can see the program. So so we thank God for that. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. First Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 44 say as follows. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Don't forget. So yours may read slightly different. If it reads significantly different, get rid of that thing and. And uh, let's get a Bible that is accurate. Um, beginning at the 41st verse, 1 Kings, chapter, uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea, so he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. 
Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. 41st verse, there is the sound of abundance of rain. And I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes from this subject. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Now, I'm sure you all know that at the time of Elijah's ministry, particularly at this moment that this passage represents, depravity and degeneracy had taken over Israel. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Ahab and Jezebel were in charge. Jezebel was a Syrophoenician woman who brought, not that she introduced it, but she brought the, 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 the idolatry of Baal to a new level. Because she actually brought it into the temple of God. And remember, Baal was a pagan deity uh, that was originated, uh, we, we believe, according to scripture, first time we see it is with the Canaanites. And Baal was a, a, a pagan god of fertility. And it, here again, this is, folks, it just doesn't get worse than this, but his, in some uh, uh, mythological accounts, Asherah was his mother who he became intimate with. And in others, Asherah was a sister. But either way, he was an incestuous deity. And, and, and as, as the god of fertility, what they did was they went into the temple of God and they built booths, you know, little tents inside the temple of God. And they placed male and female prostitutes in these booths and people could come in and as part of their worship, they would have sex, either homosexual or heterosexual sex with one of these prostitutes. And that became the basis of their interaction with God. And then they would make an offering. I mean, it was just nothing but blatant prostitution. But think they were having it in the temple of God set aside for the worship of God. This was this is what Jezebel is is sort of engineering. And she's got this going on now throughout all of Israel, not just in the temple, but all over Israel. These prophets of Baal are, are engaged in this idolatrous behavior. And remember, these prophets are Jews. Who have been taught the word of God and they've gone over now and they're worshiping Baal and of course being rewarded by Jezebel and Ahab. And by the way, they were also engaged in ritual sacrifice of children. They were burning children in the fire, you know, the, to appease the gods. I mean, you know, that's why I say there is no limit to the depth of depravity to which people will sink without God. Because, you know, you, you think, well, wait a minute, even a normal person has a kind of protective attitude toward your children. So when people become so deceived that they think they're doing something good to burn a baby alive, it just goes to show how, the, how human thinking 
Well, as, as, as the scripture says uh, in Jeremiah, the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above everything who can know it. I mean, in other words, it's, it's, so, depri it's so depraved that you, you can't understand it. You can't grasp it. Because to us, this stuff sounds almost like you got to be making that up. Who would do that? But they were doing it. In fact, Josiah's revival addressed some of this mess and, and, and showed what was really going on. Because in Josiah's revival, it says in 2 Kings 23, 4, it says, And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest. Josiah was only 16, I think 16 years old when he got called by God. And God laid his hand on, and this, this young kid, I mean, he got it. <laughs> he got it. He, God got a hold of him, and he, the, 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 the priests had found in the uh, ruins of the temple, you know, it was just messed up all inside. And he went in, had them cleaned it out, and they found the scrolls and came back and, and, and read them to Josiah. And Josiah just, just uh, he, he went to pieces and said, we, we are not following God. We're not obeying God. He had the word of God read all over the kingdom. I mean, he instituted a major reform and he started tearing down all the booths of the prophets of Baal, all of their altars and high places everywhere he could find them. Look, at that time, you all know that there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom, which came to be called Israel, fell in about 720 B.C. The southern kingdom, Judah, didn't fall for another 100, 110 years. So Josiah is the king of Judah. Israel has already fallen and is being dominated now by Syria. And Josiah even took it upon himself to go into Israel, the northern kingdom, and tear down the booths there too. Uh, he just said, well, if Assyria wants to fight over it, let them fight over it. But we're not allowing this pollution to be in any part of the, of, of the nation of Israel. So it says, the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, the priests of the second order and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal. They had Baal stuff all throughout the temple. I mean, that's like if you walked in here next Sunday and I had a great big old Buddhist statue sitting here and said, well, you know, we're going to worship God, but, you know, but, but Buddha's okay too. And then I had over here maybe a, a, the, 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 the five-armed, ten-eyed, uh, God of uh, one, one of the one of the millions of gods of Hinduism here on the other side. Well, and we're gonna worship God, but but there's nothing wrong. I, I would hope everybody would beat for the door so fast <laughs> I couldn't see you. And needless to say, if I walked in here, somebody put that mess in here, you all might have to come down and bail Bishop Jackson out because <laughs> we're gonna throw down. <laughs> So, so he's having them take all this stuff out of the temple and then look for Asherah. That's the, that's the female uh, counterpart to Baal that he supposedly is having intimate relations with. Okay. It says, and for all the hosts of heaven and look, and he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. In other words, he made a show of it. He didn't play around. Why is it that we Christians today in the face of idolatry are so mealy mouthed and so weak need and so apologetic. This young boy, this, and this was a young boy. He said, I want you to take that mess out and I want you to burn it in front of everybody. I want everybody to see it burning. Glory to God. And we're, we're afraid we might say something that might offend somebody. 
They, they, they need to be offended. God is offended by the garbage that they're doing. Amen? Amen. And maybe by getting offended, maybe their hearts will get pricked ultimately.